G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Again, we could read the word and say, of course Adam knew his wife, they were married. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, who are you? I don't know who you are. There's a different yeah. level. So there was a depth to the relationship. It wasn't just, he knew her name. It was yeah. more than that. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. On today's program, we're going to be looking at Hebrew words, which kind of makes sense since we're talking about Hebrew foundations. But uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the very uh, fact that they're multifaceted. They're not just there to provide us with information and knowledge, but also with a practical outworking as well. Yeah, actually, one of the things that I've really loved learning about the Dead Sea Scrolls is that when the Dead Sea Scrolls, which are a thousand years older than the oldest manuscripts we had up to the time that they were discovered, was that modern Hebrew readers could actually read the ancient manuscripts Mm. uh, with only some sort of small variances, but they could actually read the text and know what it was talking about. So it's changed very uh, little over the last couple of thousand years. But if you go back to the very earliest uh, cuneiform forms of the Hebrew language, they were all symbols, which is very similar to very ancient, ancient. Uh, languages, um, but they've sort of morphed from there to what we have today. Mm. And one of the things that I love, because again, I I think I mentioned this just in another program, I am a student, I love to study. I really like to dig and learn things. So I find all of this like super fascinating. Um, But what we've also learned is that these Hebrew words um, are very... As you said, they're very multifaceted. Uh, There are less Hebrew words in the Hebrew language than there are in the English language. Wow. Yeah, most people are not aware of that. But each particular word is multidimensional and depending on its context Mm. and and that sort of thing. Uh, And so a, a bit of an example... Of that would be like when we we were learning Shema, and each of those words that were emphasised, that were all verbs and doing words, were all multi-level and multifaceted. Mm. The word one was not just sing one thing, um, but it was God alone or a one in a unified form. Mm. It was so much richer and deeper than what we just think. Um, if you look at, say, um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 to 5, again, the Shema, when God was telling his people the Lord is one and you've got to love him with all your heart, mind, soul, all of those elements, there's so much it, it, you come away going, this Shema to obey God, it's the entirety of my whole life mm. in every dimension, in every circumstance, all-encompassing. But there's some others as well. There's some other words that um, kind of give an, um, an example or an indication of, of what I mean. For example, if you, in the New Covenant, if you, keeping in mind what we've just said about Shema and to hear, which means to obey, uh, it's more than just a mental assent. 
If you look at Revelation 2 and 3 where Jesus said in each of his letters to the seven churches, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He wasn't just saying, okay, I want you to hear what Mm. I'm saying to you. He's saying, take note of what I'm saying to you and you go go then and and do something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And we we talked about an example about what it's like when you've got kids. When you say to your children, will you listen to me, please? We're actually not saying, oh, yes, I can hear your father. Yeah, that's right. I can hear that you are speaking. (laughs) Um, You're actually saying, listen to me, because I expect you to get up and do what I've just Mm. indicated. It's that kind of thing. Um, There is a book that I fell in love with. It has been really revolutionary for me, and it's called Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus. It's by a lady by the name of uh, Lois Tverberg. That's T-V-E-R-B-E-R-G. And she says that many verbs in Hebrew – that we think of as only mental activities often encompass their expected physical results. So basically, we, because of this conditioning that we've had for several thousand years with regard to uh, a, a Greek mindset, uh, and I'm going to beat this drum a lot, is that we, we, we have been trained or conditioned to think that we're talking about a mental ascent. But in Hebrew, it's very practical. It has to have an outworking. Um, and again, these words are very deep. Like the word, um, there are several words. The word remembering or knowing. Um, we tend to think if you remember something, oh, you've got a mental remembrance of something that's happened. Mm. But in the Hebrew, for example, um, in Genesis 8.1, Remember, the, the floods happened. Noah's bobbing around on the, the on the waters, mm. and it's he's got his family in there and all these animals. And then in uh, Genesis eight one, it says God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the livestock with him on the ark. And so God caused a wind to pass over the earth, and the water began to go down. Well, God just didn't suddenly wake up and yeah. go, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> Noah, <laughs> I better go find him." Yeah. What that means is, is that when it says God remembered Noah, it means he did something to change the circumstances. Mm, he yeah. didn't just he didn't hadn't forgotten Noah. Yeah. I mean, he actually did something about it. Then there's the word to know, to know another person, it means to have a relationship with them. You know who they are. Um, but in Genesis four one, it says that when Adam knew Eve, he it, it was talking about a sexual union. Mm. So it wasn't just talking about a mental knowledge of somebody. Yeah. It was about personal intimacy. So, again, we could read the word and think, well, of course Adam knew his wife. They were married. Yeah. You know, It wasn't like, who are you? I don't know who you are. There's a different yeah. level. So there was a depth to the relationship. It wasn't just he knew her name. It was yeah. more than that. Yeah, he didn't sort of, oh, I recognize you. I met you the other day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, he knew her. He'd had a sexual relationship with her, and then she conceived Cain. Mm. Um, you know, then there, there's so many other words that are of the same kind, and, and but you don't know it unless you're prepared to sort of dig in mm. and have a, a really good um, investigation. There is um, there's a lady by the name of Laurie Anderson, and she is a New Covenant translator in Peru, and she searched for months to find a word in the Kendoshi language that was equivalent to the word believe until she finally actually discovered that the word hear in Kandoshi actually means believe and obey. Oh, wow. And I actually find that interesting because it's pretty much identical to the Hebrew understanding of the word hear. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And it must be a challenge, I guess, for a lot of uh, Bible translators to, yeah, as they're doing that, they're trying to, you know, translate the Bible into some other language, a, a local language, and to 
I guess, identify that indigenous word that means the same as the, the Greek or the Hebrew? Because that's really what they're trying to portray, isn't it, is the, the context or the, the meaning behind a word, not just to say, well, we've got to find a word for love. We need to actually find the word for love that you know, illustrates this point that the Bible's making. That, that particular context. Mm. That and for English translators trying to translate into a foreign language, that is their biggest challenge mm. because the English is nearly always a mental assent word. Yeah. But you look at the original and you find this is not talking about mental assent. So I have to now find this word in yeah. that language that means what the original means, not what I assume as an English speaker. It's just a mental thing. Mm. So it's quite complicated. But again, once you you jump into this, it, it's so rich. But I And again, I'm going to be beating this drum a lot about this conflict between a Greek mindset and a Hebrew mindset because we've had 2,000 years of influence of a Greek mindset, this philosophical, spiritual, analytical um, outworking of interpretation that you can't just undo. But that's how you learn. You learn through repetition so that you, when you learn it, you can begin to recognize it and you can sort of maneuver around it so mm. that you, you, you don't miss um, the deeper, richer meaning. It, do- it doesn't mean that there is no spiritual application. Of, of course there is. But... When it comes to how we live out our lives, there has to be an outworking. I mean, this is a fantastic way of looking at it. Hebrew realizes that the longest distance that your faith has to move is from your head to your heart. And once your faith has made that move, it naturally comes out in your hands and feet. Mm. There has to be an outworking of it that's physical, practical, observable, measurable, because we're supposed to be growing and being transformed Mm. into the image of Christ. And he didn't just sit on a hill and sprout nice things. He was physically active, and we're supposed to mimic him. But you find that depth of richness within the Hebrew meaning of the words itself, because there's so many levels to it. It really is a very fascinating thing to understand. And I guess as you... uh Look at the notes that you've prepared for today's program. That can be uh, explained in even greater depth. So I encourage you again to uh, check the website for these uh, notes that you can download from vision.org.au slash foundations. Now, in the next program, we are going to be looking at a really big mistake that often occurs in Western theology. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.